It's important to know. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale is solely a reimagining of the novel The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and not the 1939 film or any other iteration of the story. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Aftermath For Episodes 14 and 14-2 Nitfis And That Much Closer This week finds us experiencing one of the darkest moments of the book so far. Maybe even one of the darkest moments of the book in general. Welcome to Nitfis. If you're wondering where that title comes from, well, wonder no more. The original map of Oz, or one of them, was pretty much a rectangle split into four colors or areas. It has Gillikin in the north, Winky in the east, Quadling in the south, and Munchkin in the west. Each side of the map, on the border and just outside of the land of Oz, there are four distinct areas. In the north, there is the impassable desert. In the east, we have the deadly desert. Down south, it's the great sandy waste. And to the west lies the shifting sands. Now, you can go down a pretty deep rabbit hole on this whole map thing alone. Sometimes east and west are switched. North and south are most generally the same, and there's tons of reasons and theories for why this is and how this happened. But I won't get into those. For my map, I went with the flipped version. It makes the most sense to me, because Dorothy meets the Munchkins first when she lands, and she lands in the east. She lands in the east because she eventually has to kill the Wicked Witch of the West, and she isn't backtracking. She's always moving forward and witnessing different parts of Oz. Personally, I believe the first official print of the map was wrong, and not actually how Baum intended it to be. Again, you can go down a pretty deep rabbit hole on the subject. Anyway, if you go back to Chapter 1, Lothor, I describe the map in a similar way. I say... Rivers flowed across the land and through it, like varicose veins, and lakes spotted random areas. Countries and regions became outlined as the world became clear. Gillikin in the north, Winky in the west, Quadling in the south, and Munchkin proper in the east. It looked like an old board game meant to be played with. The outer edges of the map were labeled Gray fields in the east, gray sands in the west, blue ocean in the south, and gray tundra in the north. In the very center of the map was a large circular city labeled the Green City of Emerald, and it had roads leading to it from every direction. There were four larger cities among the smaller villages on the map as well. On the eastern side, between Emerald and the gray fields, was the city of Nitfis, In the west, between emerald and the gray sands, 
was the city of Il-Dayad. In the north, it was El-Basapmi, and in the south, it was Idnis Itza. By now, you're probably sufficiently annoyed with me, maybe even saying something like, Get to the point, Tyler! What does any of this have to do with the name of your stupid chapter? Easy. There are four large cities in each quadrant of the map. They are all just the backward spellings of the borders of the original map. Shifting sands became Nitfis. Later on, when we get to Idnis Itza, it's just Sandy Waste spelled backward, and Elba Sapmi is impassable, while Il Dayed is deadly, as in deadly desert. There you have it. My naming conventions, along with a bit of trivial history on the land of Oz, and how Frank Baum envisioned it. Okay, so now that that's all out of the way, let's get into this chapter. How we got here, why we're here, and what it really means. Part of the reason this chapter exists is because I wanted to make use of a potentially interesting locale. I made a point to put this place on my map back in chapter 1, and I wanted to make sure it was visited. This is another chapter that has no wonderful Wizard of Oz counterpart. This is all me. I think it's pretty obvious, and I've made it pretty clear, that I draw a lot of inspiration from horror movies and video games, and, well, the general genre of horror in the media. I don't think there's anything inherently special about my description of Nitfis. It's a pretty standard abandoned town. I did, however, try to make it feel a bit more old-timey with the cobblestone streets. Nitfis, as far as the dark days of Dorothy Gale goes, is pretty much just a creepy place to stay the night. It's a place in which we get a glimpse of Dorothy's innermost fears. The city will have some significance in darker days, so it's gonna come back. You can bet it's gonna come back. We do have a genuinely loving moment between Mr. and Dorothy here, however. Once they settle in for the night, we see that chivalry is not entirely dead, as Mr. takes his hand off and uses his arm as a broom to clean a spot on the floor for Dorothy to sleep. And that's, of course, followed by Dorothy sewing his hand back on. It's a short exchange, but it really shows how much of a bond these two have made with each other thus far. The chapter goes downhill as soon as Dorothy falls asleep. We meet Uncle Henry and Aunt Em here as well. Well, a representation of them anyway. Remember, we get to the end of this experience, and it's just a dream. A really, really bad dream. The fear Dorothy has of her adoptive parents hating her is overbearing. The paralysis of that fear and the silence she is forced to endure as she tries to scream is also very heavy. Remember, Dorothy's an orphan. I'm not saying all orphans have the same fears, or making a general statement on orphans, or even foster children for that matter. I'm saying, as an orphan character that I have written, I don't think her fear of being hated by Henry and M is irrational. 
The second half of the nightmare is less about her and more of a foreshadowing premonition. I won't get too much into what it may or may not mean because I want to avoid spoilers. We do see a winged monkey here, though. And no, that's not a spoiler. If you're unaware of the existence of winged monkeys in the Oz universe and the significance they play, I feel like maybe that's on you. At least a little. I mean, really, is there anyone savvy enough to seek out this podcast but not know of the winged monkeys? I feel like they're iconic to a ridiculous degree, even if you've never seen The Wizard of Oz or any other version of the film or story. You're still obligated to know about the monkeys. As a functioning part of society, you are obligated to know about the monkeys. Like how I hate Star Wars, but I still know that Boba Fett was an intergalactic bounty hunter who tracked Han Solo to the cloud city of... Uh, you get the idea. Anyway, we also see the growing strength of Mr.'s dedication to Dorothy. He spends three days restraining her, just trying to keep her from hurting herself. The chapter ends on an exhausted but not incredibly grim note as the two of them push forward and try to put the ordeal behind them. Chapter 15, that much closer, is... Uh, how shall I put this? Pointless? Maybe pointless. Many, many moons ago, I was in a Facebook group, as many people are. This group in particular was a writing group, and in it, there was a lady generous enough to offer her skills as an editor to a new writer. That new writer was me, in case that was somehow not clear. Anyway, we had a few exchanges. She seemed to be a legit editor of sorts. I even sent her the Microsoft Word document of what was the current draft at that time. Ultimately, she stopped responding to my emails and never edited the novel. Or maybe she did and tried selling it as her own work. I don't know, and I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I need to make that clear. Not accusing anyone of anything. For all I know, she could have just decided she didn't like the book, or maybe just got too busy with other things. Who knows? Anyway, in our limited exchanges, she did impart with me some invaluable advice. Remember, I have no writing credentials or formal education. I'm just a guy with an overactive imagination that typed a bunch of words into a word processor and called it a book. The extent of my writing education is literally high school and one college class. And I wasn't even in the smart English class in high school. You know, the one that requires multiple long essays a year over books like The Grapes of Wrath and The Scarlet Letter. And I actually had a pretty poor attendance for my college English course. Uh, my actual major, which I never actually acquired, was photography, video production, and it involved a smattering of broadcasting courses as well. 
I didn't fully understand photography until years after I dropped out. The second time. And the video production, at least at that time, required more than a smartphone and an app. I didn't have the money to really pursue any creative ventures like that at that time. Learning how to speak for an audience, though, through the broadcasting courses, however, has proven to be effective. I think. I mean, you're listening to me right now, aren't you? Jeez, ah, good lord. How did we even get here? Right, right, this editor lady that offered help but never followed through. And, of course, what I got from that whole experience. Before we parted ways, she told me I had a lot of run-on sentences, which is apparently common with new writers. When I redrafted the story myself, after that, I tried to remedy the issue. Successful or not, I'm not really all that sure. The other bit of knowledge I gained was that sometimes a writer must be willing to cut the dead weight, trim the fat, kill their darlings, or whatever other phrase you prefer. Sometimes it's good to just keep the essentials and let the story flow a little bit smoother. I look at chapter 15 as something that really doesn't need to be there. I don't think it would have survived the editing process. I mean, what do we really get out of it? A small tidbit of the geography of Oz and the fact that Dorothy is incredibly claustrophobic and deathly afraid of enclosed spaces. That's pretty much it. This canyon does have a little significance in darker days, so I guess I could lie and say this chapter was crucial and planned world-building in advance of a sequel, while parts of this book were in fact written with plans for the future installment, this chapter was not one of them. So, much like this rambling explanation of chapter 15, chapter 15 was kind of a waste of time, and I apologize for that. The chapter, not the rambling. If you're still listening to this, then I think that's on you. And I thank you for that level of dedication. So come back next week when we finally return to the wonderful Wizard of Oz with Chapter 10, The Guardian of the Gate. Oh, and of course, there's going to be Chapter 16 of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale, The Green City of Emerald, and an aftermath as well. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Oh, and also... Thanks for the super kind words and that awesome review, Champerific. I don't check the reviews on Apple very often, but I checked them the other day, and I apologize for not thanking you back in February. And hey, anyone else out there, my other five or six listeners, feel free to throw a review my way as well. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next week.